Good morning, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to episode 24 of the Cloudcast. We're coming to you live from our massive Cloudcast studios here in Raleigh, North Carolina. It's kind of hard to believe we've been doing this show for almost a year, and this is the first time we've actually had a show dedicated to security and cloud computing. So uh, today we're, we're honored to have uh, Rand Wacker, uh, VP of Products from Cloud Passage. Rand, how are you doing today? Great, great. Thanks for having us. It's awesome to be here. Yeah, thanks for coming on the show. Um, so give us a little bit of your background and some of the basics of, of what's going on over at Cloud Passage. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, so my background is actually in, in security as well. I um, was with the Ironport uh, security team for a long time. We had a, a big acquisition by, by your uh, employer. And after that, we actually um, were involved in all the broader network and content security stuff that, um, that is very, very common in any IT security shop. And the interesting challenges, so, you know, we started Ironport almost eight, ten years ago when cloud was, you know, still something that you, that rain came from. Right. And the, the truth is, though, that, you know, the explosion of cloud computing right now and the demand that customers are having for securing what they're doing in the cloud doesn't change from what they're doing in their own private data centers. And so if it's firewall and access management or vulnerability scanning or account management or anything like that, um, they still need all of that functionality, but the traditional ways of doing it um, are either challenged or don't work. And so Cloud Passage is focused on solving that and providing you know, basically everything you need to secure your cloud servers in a way that works in that new operating environment. Okay, so cool. So uh, so we'll, we'll jump into Cloud Passage in just a little bit. So before I get into that, like I said, we haven't, we should have dove into security a lot more throughout the, the last year uh, for whatever reason. Um, you know, so when I when I talk to uh, companies, when I'm out at events, when I read survey data, you know, security is always like top one, top two biggest yeah. issues for people. Like, and then the thing that's always weird to me, uh, listening to some people who who know what they're talking about in security, is there's always this. It's it's never good enough. It's never you know it's it's not secure enough. That can be broken. What's I mean, like what what inherently is good working well in secure today, and and then what what kind of is really really different when people start talking about cloud that you have to go oh okay I see why they're they're frustrated they're saying ah that doesn't work anymore that that doesn't that doesn't apply anymore. Yeah, I, and I see that same challenge all the time as well when I when I talk to customers that you know I think what's nice in, in cloud is that people are over the hump of you know not understanding what it is and, and they get it yep. and even to the point now people really have it have decided that they've got business use cases for it now you know 2012 is all about how are we actually going to do it and like you said security is kind of number one there right um, but and it's it's such a concern because I mean this is a whole new it's a new set of technology it's new kind of ownership and operating models and all those kinds of things and and those those two issues really feed on itself um, but that's happened for all um, evolutions in technology I think the security guys are always the first ones to you know say no don't do that um, but the truth is that if there's business value in it that will be overcome. Salesforce overcame that with you know some of company, a company's most valuable data, their customer data. Right. Consumerization and mobile is a wave that I don't think any security guy thinks he can stop now. Um, even though, and even though security professionals are by definition risk adverse, they're now being pushed by the business to be much more enablers than really governors. And I think that that's 
you know, kind of a, a shift in, in IT in general over the past several years. Okay. So, so that actually is a, is a, is a good lead-in. Um, so I think what you're saying is, uh, you know, the, the security guys, the, the people who do security f- all the time have a, a good sense of like, okay, for any situation, I could, I could lay out for you what's, what's a good security model, a good security process and so forth. But, you know, the challenge they typically have is by the time somebody asks them that question, they're typically like, I'd like to, I'd like to also go 1,000 miles an hour with this new technology or this new business model. Um, yeah. Please, you know, please build the airplane while it's starting to take off. Um, <laughs> You know the reason I the reason I reached out to you was was a couple of reasons. One, um, you know, having some background at Ironport, which I know from from having been at Cisco and the you know how well those guys have done. Um, but the other thing that was sort of interesting is you guys, in essence, are doing um, at a really high level sort of security as a service for yeah. for cloud servers. And the thing that was kind of to me kind of kind of clicked with a light bulb moment was, um, you know, I said, okay, if, if that's the premise where where the security guys sort of you know generally know what to do, but they're always behind a little bit because you know by the time the business wants to do it, it's it's you know let's get going, and the security guys go out, oh, we're going to get bolted on. You guys are there to say, look. Um, we're we're sort of ahead of the game, right? You want to start deploying stuff to the cloud. We've got this ready-made service. Yeah. Uh, I mean, is that a fair assessment of kind of where you where you guys add value in the in the in the market? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, the way we the way that we really um, position ourselves is that it's security that enables cloud adoption today. Okay. Um, but you know, separately from our, from cloud passage, you know, let me just talk about kind of the, the broader security challenges and why there's a, you know, questions around how do we secure cloud, those kinds of things. Um, first of all, thanks. Ironport was, was awesome. Um, you know, I'm glad that that's seen in many places. And, and the, the work that we did afterwards with the broader network and security, um, content security portfolios, um, it really um, spoke to the fact that security is not a specific uh, product or technology. Security is not a firewall. Security is not, you know, an AV scanner. It's a way of thinking and a set of processes and systems that work together. And customers are demanding those security capabilities for the cloud, but the problem is that the old ways don't work. Okay. Expand on that a little bit. What, what's broken? Sure. So I think that the obvious stuff that anyone listening to this podcast would know is that obviously you don't have network access and there's no perimeter that you can secure. And so when you're taking your, you know, your servers from your private data center and throwing them in the cloud, it's taking that security blanket, to, to use a pun, and you've thrown that, you know, you've thrown that um, server naked up into the cloud. And so that's an architectural challenge. Um, and I think that, that you know, Chris Hoff, or a lot of people know him as Beaker, he and I worked together um, for, for quite a while. And he had a great blog post uh, over a year and a half ago that was entitled The Security Hamster Sine Wave of Pain public cloud and the return to host-based protection. Um, <laughs> and it, it just speaks to the fact that, um, you know, you can't do things the old way. But there's also a lot of challenges that are, are beyond just the, the architectural issue that you don't have access to the network or, or a perimeter, but the fact that in the cloud, it's very, very common for your server farm to rapidly grow and shrink. So there's this whole problem of elasticity. Um, there's also the problem that in the cloud, compute is a metered resource. It's not a scarce resource, but you get charged, you know, based on the size of your server. And so it's no longer that you've got a whole bunch of extra CPU cycles you can just burn, kind of scanning and scanning and scanning. Um, and also really, really challenging and something that a lot of IT guys still haven't wrapped their heads around is that the, the, the clouds, the servers in the clouds move. 
not just you know among data centers and one provider, but they move to different providers, they move into private clouds, all those kinds of things. So the the challenges of the this the change of the servers, um, you know, the fact that you have now a, a different way of thinking about how you're paying for your resources, and you have a different way of, of thinking about where they live. That's a big challenge that you know people are just starting to understand from the security uh, problems with. Okay, so you've got so you've got, uh, like you said, the, the the sort of the moat that used to be around the data center or around your servers is sort of goes away because you're you don't yep. you can't look at it anymore you can't see it. Um, you're you're dealing with a resource that potentially moves around, uh, which means okay, do my do my policies move with them? Do, how do I adapt to things moving around? And then you've got you know you've got the challenge of. Um, uh, uh, you know the, the resource themselves. Uh, you know, security fundamentally is a, is a computational function. So it's a, it's expensive from a CPU perspective. People didn't really think about that. I, I don't want to say they didn't think about it, but they didn't feel like they were paying for it in the past. And right. now now that it's metered, you're paying for it. Okay. So you've got you've got those kind of fundamental challenges. And so Cloud Passage comes along. How do you guys address that? I, I think what was neat when I looked at it, but but help people understand this. When I looked at it, it's a very holistic way of looking at it. It's not just one product. It's not just one feature. It's kind of a very holistic way of doing it. How do you guys address all those things? No, so yeah, thanks thanks for recognizing that. We I really do view we um, that we are a platform um, for adding these security functionalities on top. Because like I said earlier, you know, security is not just a firewall. It's not just vulnerability scanning. It's you know all those things taken together. And so what we do, so we we focus on the platform, and we built a platform that is elastic and scalable and portable. So we built something that could run in the cloud and handle all those those challenges we just talked about. And then we add security capabilities on top of that. Um, another thing that's very, very interesting, and so, so we do the firewall, the access management, the vulnerability scanning, account management, all that kind of stuff. But we also provide visibility and uh, a lot of security information about the cloud, the environment that you're actually running in and what I mean by this is that a host-only tool can't tell you if a cloned instance of that host pops up in a different country or in someone else's data center. But we can. We can tell you if someone you know, has, has used your Amazon account to spin up a server that you didn't authorize. Okay. And we can tell you what's going on with your instances, where they're running, those, those kinds of things. And that's, that's something that goes beyond anything that a traditional security person has thought about because the only way to get a server in and out of a data center used to be very, very um, tightly accessed physically. Um, you know, now people can, through an API call, spin up new servers in, in completely different places, and so we watch that. Um, and so that is, so those things, you know, doing the traditional security needs in a cloud-friendly way with visibility both to the servers and to the cloud it's running in is the holistic solution that we've got there. Okay. So, um, and, and for people that, that aren't familiar with it, obviously, go, go to the website. Um, some very cool videos. But I, I think, you know, when I looked at it, you guys, uh, so there's a service that, that does uh, monitoring of, of the servers that you kind of inventory. So if I'm a customer, I come to you, I say, uh, you know, here's an inventory of, of the servers that I'm going to spin up. Uh, you guys, in, you do some, some basic kernel-level software that gets installed or daemon-level daemon yeah. software that gets installed. So, but, but I think what you just said sounds very, very interesting. So not only do you monitor the servers that I give you an inventory of, but you sort of do kind of the equivalent of like what credit card companies do, which is like identity 
uh, monitoring so that if, if something that looks like my server is operating somewhere else in the world, maybe using my identity, maybe trying to collect credit cards on behalf of me, you guys at least have some visibility to that? Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's and, powerful. And, yeah, okay. and, and the reason it's basically because of our architecture um, where so there's a daemon that gets installed in your server instance. So whenever um, one of your servers pops up, it will register, that daemon will register um, with our grid. We call it the Halo Computing Grid. Um, and so we run that. And Halo is the, the whole system, and the grid is what keeps track of all the demons. So we actually create that inventory for you, okay. and you can create alerts as to you know when servers pop up, those kinds of things. That's, that's um, one of our really useful features there. Um, and so then the combination of the demons running on all your servers and the grid is how we've provided visibility into your systems, but also visibility to your broader cloud environment as well. Okay, cool. And this is for... Um, I know when I looked at like the set of partners you guys have, it's all it's all public cloud providers right now. It's Rackspace and GoGrid and, and Amazon. It, does could could this potentially be also be extended to people who want to build a like a private cloud environment, um, yes. or is that not there yet today? Oh yeah, no. So we're completely agnostic into what environment you're running this in. You can run this in any public cloud. Um, uh, any public cloud. Uh, we work. You know, it's a, a Unix, a Linux daemon. We've actually got Windows coming out at the end of this year because okay. that's surprisingly becoming uh, pretty high traction in the cloud. And so the, the daemon gets installed, and then you just you run it anywhere. Public clouds, any of the providers you mentioned, private clouds, anything you know people are doing with, with any kind of virtualization stack. Um, we also have people running this on bare metal. Um, and the, the benefit of being able to run in all those different form factors is we can give the security operators, a single unified view of everything going on on every server, regardless of where it's running. Okay, okay. So that's cool. And, and all this is as a sort of on a, on a monitored as, 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 as a service basis. So uh, based on how many servers I'm using on a monthly basis or a usage basis, correct? Right. Well, the basic version is free, actually. Oh, okay. So anyone can go to the website, register, um, and get set up in about five minutes and our basic functionality is free um, for, for people to spin up, and, and it's very, very usable. It's not just a trial. That's, like, really important security functionality. And then we have a professional version, which is metered, you know, by the server hour, just like Amazon um, would do, and that has a lot of really useful things like two-factor authentication, um, being able to get API access mm-hmm. to, the, uh, to the, the system, as well as extended storage of your security data. Okay, so very cool. So I was playing around with the numbers, and like like you said, there's a in the professional version, there's a there's a metered service, and so I just I was you know doing the typical thing, throw in some numbers, and um, you know I think I threw in uh, so let's say 500 servers, which isn't a huge environment, but it's not a tiny environment, and it came out to be something in the in the range of I don't know 25 to 35 thousand dollars a month, right? And so I went, okay, that's a that's a number. Um, you know, the, one of the things I've heard before around security, and again, I'm, I'm, it's not in my DNA, so I ask dumb questions, so I apologize. Um, how do you, you know, that works out to say, I don't know, $300,000 a year, which is, you know, maybe the equivalent of two people, you know, kind of all in or three people, depending on what you're paying for or whatever. Like, what's a, what's a good way for people to measure, like, how much of my budget should be towards IT security? Is there a way to put a percentage on it? Is it, how do you measure risk against that? Is that something that's, that's commonly talked about in the security industry? Um, yeah, definitely. And, and, I think that that model is also something that's changing as people start 
start getting more used to utility and meter billing in cloud, for example. And so, you know, we're, we're our pricing metric, basically server hours, is exactly the same as Amazon would charge you for the, you know, when you're running your servers. Right. Um, and, and those are, are fairly expensive as well. Right. The, um, the way that, you know, the way that most customers really look at how they justify security spend boils down to, um, you know, their, their risk, their, first of all, you know, how much compliance do they have to maintain? If you're in a regulated in- industry, you're obviously going to have to spend more on security. Um, you know, going back to the, the earlier discussion about um, security teams are, have been tasked much more of being more enablers. Um, as well as managing costs. There's a literally like I know a lot of companies that will say, well, you know, we really want to focus on enabling the business, but we also need to cut costs out of existing business or just grow the business, run the business, that kind of thing. Um, and then there's just core risk management. And so if, for example, you are a really important consumer brand um, where being compromised would significantly impact your your overall business. Then you're going to spend. You're going to be much more willing to to spend and manage that risk. You know, I've had um, I've had customers tell me that the single the CSO said the the single most important thing the CEO measures me against is like, are we do we ever get our name in the papers for a security violation? Right, Some, something like fire. <laughs> yeah, like he doesn't he doesn't want to be the guy from Sony Play from Sony PlayStation or or what was going on earlier in the year. Yeah. I mean, in general, um, overall security, uh, security spending is usually 8 to 14% of overall IT spending, okay. depending on the vertical that people are in. Okay. And, and really, it's, it's customers have to determine, you know, where they, what they, they, they want to do. I would say, frankly, that when you look at all the different functionality um, that we're covering and all the different piece parts people have to do to bring that together in a traditional data center and the operational overhead of trying to do that in the cloud... Um, it's actually uh, pretty much a bargain. Okay. Yeah. And, and and again, when I when I threw the numbers out there, I was just trying to get a sense of it um, in terms of people. And I went, well, you know, 500 people. If you if you had a, a person and a half or two people, that I mean, in essence, you guys are giving them the most updated skills, the most updated sort of technology. I would assume um, that seems like you said very very reasonable, if not uh, sort of a steal uh, to some extent. So so. And remember the and remember the basic version is free too. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, kind of follow up question on that. Um, you know, we you you mentioned a little bit about your background, having been at, at Ironport and some other places. We were talking offline about you know the people that are over at Cloud Passage having uh, you know background at RSA and and some of the other places that are very very well known security places. In the networking space, um, you know, the the people that typically you can trust and people will, will, will think this is going to come across bias. But I mean, in general, uh, you know, the, the best engineers at some point have worked for Cisco or Juniper or, you know, back in the day, say it was Wellfleet or, I mean, there's sort of a core set of places where the best from some segment come from. Is that the same with the security? Engine? I mean, when, when somebody says, okay, new company like Cloud Passage comes up, um, does the, does a huge part of the trust factor come from where those people have come from that they, they've been through really hard security problems before? Or how, how does that world work? Uh, great, great question, and it's it's actually kind of a loaded question because I think there are definitely important things that people learn with the way security customers think and security operators think. Yep. But I think that there's also um, sometimes a lot of uh, a lot of risk in in doing things the way they've been done before okay. um, because that can stifle innovation. And so one, so something that I think is, is interesting, you know. 
you use some examples of some companies where a good engineer has been through the ringer, you know, one of these network companies. Well, in the cloud, we're not, you know, networking's done. Like everything yeah. we're doing is at the OS and the application layer. Um, and so for us, having, you know, people that are really good at building scalable platforms, uh, scalable SaaS-based platforms is important. Um, the, the security background we have is really critical and I think brings a ton of value to our customers in the, the content of the security data that we, we provide. So, you know, we have a full scanning of any vulnerability that may be published of all the software packages you have installed. And, and we take that information and we, we provide, you know, the, the, the checks and the remediation for that, which is very, very valuable to a customer. Additionally, when it comes to innovating in security and looking at, you know, how do we, instead of having a static firewall um, that, you know, you have to create a, a allow rule for every new server, can we think about that differently? And, for example, one of the things we do is that as you add new servers, like as you add new web servers, you yep. will automatically update the database servers to know that those web servers exist or if they've been taken down that they don't exist and to think through that and to provide that elasticity. And okay. so you've got to definitely understand um, the critical parts of security that the customers care about. You've got to, um, there's a lot of value in thinking about different ways that we've innovated in security, but just like what cloud's doing to every other market, in many ways you also have to rethink the way you're doing things. Okay, so it's, 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 it's more than just saying, hey, we, we've got great algorithms. It's, it, I think what you're trying to say is, look, uh, cloud operates a lot differently. I mean, virtualization made things operate differently. Clouds, yeah. you know, it's, it's how are things interconnected that maybe you didn't, different groups thought about that before. This is applications are interconnected. They're interconnected across clouds. They've got dependencies on where data comes from. So that that's probably, I think what you're saying is that's just as important as sort of the core pieces of the security, whether it's encryption or uh, access lists or, or other things like authentication. Right. Okay. I mean, we, we really exist at this really interesting intersection of security and, and cloud or, you know, to use a buzzword, DevOps. Okay. Um, and if you think back to you guys did a great episode earlier this year with Nick Weaver on, on DevOps, where basically you're talking about people are rethinking IT and the way that they do that. And so, you know, like, like I said, it's the security content and the, the capabilities there is really, really critical. And that's what you can't, you can't just go out and buy those guys for 150000 a year like you were talking about. Like those guys are really, really expensive. Yeah. So that's why security companies exist is to package that up and provide that expertise, but then you've got to make that work in a world where you've got the challenge of, of challenges of elasticity and scalability and portability. Okay. So um, so you guys, uh, I'll, I'll sort of try and wrap this up a little bit. This has been very, very helpful, very interesting. Um, so you guys recently were named in uh, in. InfoWeek or Network World. I got to look at where it was, but sort of oh. one of the, both. Uh, one of the sort of five most interesting security vendors to watch. And when I went and looked at the list, um, you know, obviously you guys have a way of delivering what you do. It's a it's a software as a service based thing. It's it's a combination of host based plus a, a very centralized monitoring. You had other companies on there like High Trust who are about you know being uh, you know focused on virtualization in in the servers. Um, you had a few other people doing some different things. Is there a, I guess this gets back to your point about, you know, you got to think about things differently. 
if if you're if you're talking to to customers about these changes and these new challenges, is there a better way or a, or a more applicable way to be thinking about security for cloud than than maybe it was in the past? I mean, it, like how do you have that conversation when they're they're still getting bombarded with you know uh, uh, you know network based security functions, which you know obviously Cisco is doing, and you have some background in, or you have uh, you know Symantec or Intel talking about doing you know hardware root of trust, I, like. Yeah. How do, how do security people make sense of like where where's the right place to put it where's where's it overkill does that make sense oh yeah no no that that is a great question actually it's frankly one of the reasons that I was really excited to to be able to, to have this discussion with you and, and for this audience is that in traditional data centers security has been something that has been handled by a different group and so the the people running the servers and the people doing development didn't have to think about it. And one of the real risks that I see that the entire cloud industry um, is having is that as you have, you know, un, you know, people who are not necessarily security conscious moving from private data center operations into public cloud operations, they just have not developed an appreciation for the importance of security. And so there's a, regardless of the way that you're doing it, there's a huge education that needs to happen amongst all of us that are starting to, to use these new these new IT models in that, look, security is really important. And whether you, you were involved in it or not, you had a level of security in your, in your previous operational model that just doesn't exist in the cloud. And so you need to think about how you're going to solve that. Okay. Okay. And that, it, I think, is a... The, <laughs> when I'm at trade shows, when I'm talking to, to people, you know, um, at different events, and and they say, well, doesn't you know, doesn't Amazon do this for me? They're blown away when, frankly, the answer is no. Like, their Amazon is extremely explicit in, in their terms of service that there is a shared responsibility model where they're handling the, the the network, the compute storage, and the hypervisor, but every other aspect of security, which very often would be done in a network-based way in a, a private data center, they are not responsible for, and they say explicitly the customer must address that. Gotcha, gotcha. So uh, I'm going to throw one last question at you because it, it just sort of popped in my mind, and we were talking about it a little bit earlier. Um, you, you know, when you're when you're talking about security, um, and, and we were you know we were talking about like Sony PlayStation or somebody getting a bad reputation. Uh, you know, when we start talking about moving things to the public cloud explicitly, right? You get back to that. Uh, level of trust with the provider or level of trust with um, the people providing the service to you you know risk yeah. ri- risk is obviously a piece of, of, of security that people get concerned about whether it's lost data or downtime or whatever and I'm this is more of sort of a, of a question for you to, to make a prediction and you know tell me you don't want to deal with it if you don't want to D- do you see a time when um, people look at this and they go I got to start not only thinking about from risk from a you know downtime but like you know, think about you know, insurance that goes with that, or like how do I how do I monetize? How do I put a value on being down for six days or being you know losing uh, yeah. certain amounts? I mean, is that because because you know there are no SLAs today that that are going to recoup people for anything more than downtime? But do you see that evolving over time, where it's like there's got to be a financial uh, resolution back to somebody, or is that will the market evolve to that? Uh, well, so there's there's two parts to that question. One is you know. What exactly are you protecting against? Are you, um, you know, protecting the traditionally protecting the data, um, safeguarding intellectual property? You know, but then your question is around, you know, another top of mind for any security professional, which is, uh, you know, mitigating brand 
and risk right. um, because downtime is, is hugely risky in brands. You know, it, it's a good question is what, what will the market do? Um, you know, will service providers start creating SLAs and people will flock there? Or I think one of the things that we've already seen happen, and in fact, there's been some great conversations on this podcast around, look, if you're building in the cloud, you've got to realize some of these, these systems are going to go down and you've got to architect for that. Yep. Um, you know, what was it called? The Amazon apocalypse that happened earlier this year got people really thinking about, well, these guys went down because they were, you know, really kind of single homed in, in a single Amazon area versus, you know, Netflix didn't go down. Um, and they've done plenty of other things to their brand lately, but like one thing they have been is solidly reliable right. based on the architecture of their site. Okay. So uh, big, big potential place for evolution, but not, you know, people, get, like you said, it's, it gets back to what are you trying to do, which I think a lot of times is the, the question people always ask with security. It's like, well, is it secure? And you kind of have to say, well, what, what do you want that to be? It could be a yeah. lot of things. So SLA, I mean, some, some providers do have SLAs. You can go and you can get, you know, cloud hosting in a, in a provider of SLA, just like you can get an SLA on a, you know, something that you're hosting in a, a data center like Equinox or something like that. Yep. Um, but no, no right-minded IT person I know or ops person I know, you know, thinks that an SLA is actually going to um, keep their site up, and so they're planning for reliability and redundancy. They just know that the SLA is there to make them whole financially when something does go wrong. Okay. Yep. Well, very cool. Well, I think we're we're sort of running out of time. Thank you so much for being on the show. This has been uh, this has been fun talking about sort of the ins and outs of security. I think um, the way that, that Cloud Passage goes about doing it is a is a very cool way of going to market. People can they can try it out for free. They can they can you know use it for free. They can uh, take advantage of your security expertise on a per fee basis. And uh, you guys are winning awards. So obviously you're doing something right to where people think uh, we can trust you for security. We want to you know kind of expand our business. So that's very very cool. Thank you for coming on the show. Very cool. Thanks, Brian. This has been great. All right. Well, I'm going to wrap it up. We're out of time for this week. Uh, thanks to Rand and for everybody for listening. You can follow us on Twitter at thecloudcastnet. You can reach us at thecloudcast.net on the web. Uh, you can find links to the show, leave us a comment, send us an email, or you can stream the show on Stitcher. So thanks to everybody for listening, and have a great weekend. Mm-hmm.